Amen. Thanks, Steffi. So good to be together with you all today. It's been a great semester together. Have you ever felt a sense of hopelessness at the brokenness of our world? Maybe a sense of hopelessness at the brokenness in our world around us. The, we see the headlines and the news, the latest natural disaster, death, war, refugee pr- crisis. We see the headlines and, and it can lead to hopelessness. Or maybe a sense of hopelessness at looking at our community around us, at the brokenness right near us. We hear of one of our dear faculty members having cancer and battling cancer just this last week. We hear of friends and loved ones who are making destructive decisions, decisions that hurt themselves and hurt others. We see the graffiti down at the MLK Center just a couple weeks ago in our community. We see this brokenness and can lead to hopelessness. Or maybe even in our own lives, in us, in me, the choices, the, the patterns, the ways it feels like I can't get out, the ways that I snap at my children when I shouldn't, the ways just yesterday uh, someone came, up, came to me with a concern and, and instead of responding in humility and, and wanting to learn and have a good conversation, I responded in defensiveness, making it more of an argument instead of a discussion. And I see that brokenness in me that can lead to hopelessness. That's something you've felt or seen near or far. Today, as we finish our, our journey with Luke and relationships with Jesus, we have a message from some angels. Some angels have a message for us that may speak to this hopelessness that some we may feel at the brokenness in our world. And it starts in Luke chapter 2, a passage that's familiar this time of year for good reason. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. It's kind of long. We'd love it for us to read it together. I like reading with you. It makes it more fun for me, at least. So let's, uh, let's read this together. Ready, go. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, They made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words, pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and seen as it had been told them. Thank you. This is God's word to us today. And in this 
In this passage, we see the angels come. This isn't the first time the angels have come in Luke. They've come to, to visit Zechariah and, and proclaim John's coming birth and then Mary to tell about Jesus coming. But this is the last time for a while the angels show up. And they show up to a, an unlikely group of people, the shepherds. This group of poor, uneducated, anonymous shepherds out in the fields. Nobody knows who they are. Nobody notices them. They're outsiders. They don't have hopes of great social mobility, someday becoming something great. They're just shepherds getting through life one day at a time until they're passed on to their ancestors and they're buried. These outsider shepherds. You ever thought about what it would be like to be a Christmas tree in a Christmas tree lot? <laughs> you ever thought about what it would be one of those trees? I mean, you're just one of a whole hundreds and hundreds of these trees. They all look the same. They're all trimmed up just the same. Nobody knows you. You're just waiting for your day to get cut down. Have your one month of glory and then be tossed in the compost bin or the wood pile or wherever it is you go. What would you say if you were one of those trees? Kind of anonymous, a nobody, hopeless. There's no hope for a Christmas tree in a Christmas tree lot, right? There's nothing, nothing, there's not much hope. This is what the shepherds were like. Hopeless, outsider, nobodies. Just waiting for their time. And then this crazy thing happens. And we shouldn't be surprised now, right? We know what God, how God acts and the way God works towards outsiders, going to those who are outside, who nobody thinks really is, are worthy. God goes to them. Well, God goes to these shepherds out in the field, and, and this angel bursts onto the scene. And they're afraid. He says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. Great joy that's for all people. Not just for the religious insiders, not just for a certain race, not just for the wealthy, not just for those who are healthy and have it all together. For all people, I bring good news, gospel. That's what it means, right? Gospel to you this day. For to you, a Savior has been born. A Messiah who is the Lord. A Messiah, the rescuer, the one who Israel had been waiting for, longing for, for God to say, Let's, I'm going to make this world right again. Fulfill God's covenant promises to bring this world back to right order. Restore, restore with God and community and each other in peace and wholeness. These people who've been living under the Roman rule as captives, really, in their own land. The Savior has come. The Savior has come to bring hope in this brokenness. Politically, big picture in the world, in our community, and in ourselves, the Savior has come and then, that one angel has said it, but the rest of the angels, they can't hold back. And they, they like rip the curtain open. I can't hold back. Glory to God in the highest. They scream, they sing. And on earth, peace among whom his favor rests. They can't hold back the praise of God for what's just happened. The miracle of miracles. God has come to us as a savior. God, the real God, the eternal God, forever God. The God we can't get our minds around. The God in whom we would fall flat before our face in awe before. That God has come to save us. 
that God has become a baby. The God, the angels inspire awe. That God whom they come from, way more awe, has come as a baby. And the angels sing it out. Glory to God in the highest. The Savior is here. It's as if some wealthy investor came along and said, Ah, oh, I like this Christmas tree lot. And I like these trees. I want them to live. I'm buying it. We'll name that investor Forrest. It's an appropriate name, I think. <laughs> if only. If only I could save all those poor Christmas trees in the world. And the, the trees, they have hope. A Savior's come to rescue us. And now we can live and grow and flourish and squirrels can grow up inside us and we can not be trimmed every year. I can not be trimmed every year to look exactly like our neighbor. We can just become ourselves. This is going to be so good. The Savior has come. This is what the shepherds were experiencing. And we've seen over the last few months how Jesus then embodied that pronouncement by the angels, right? How he came and brought freedom to people who were stuck in brokenness and hopelessness. Freeing them spiritually, forgiving their sins, and, and casting out evil. Forgiving them physically, or free, freeing them, restoring them physically from death and sickness and other problems with their bodies. Restoring them socially from being outsiders to being restored to the community of God. This is what Jesus, the Savior, did, bringing hope where there was brokenness and hopelessness. He brings the year of the Lord's favor. He brings the kingdom, he witnesses to and shows the kingdom rule of God. This is so good. This is so exciting. This is what it's supposed to be like. The Savior has come. And then he dies. That's not how it's supposed to work. He dies. Humiliated on a cross, mocked as if he were the king, but not looking much like a king. And the disciples huddle in an upper room, waiting for their turn to be arrested and hung on a cross. And our Christmas trees now just lost their hope. Their Savior's gone, ready to get cut down and put in, a, put in someone's living room again. And these women disciples, who Luke highlights, these faithful women are now in this very patriarchal society, now back to their relegates, their status as less than, not as worthy. From Galilee, nobodies, outsiders, hopeless. And so these women come to the tomb on the first day of the week. It says this in Luke 24. They found the stone rolled away, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men, next angel sighting, stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee? That the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and to be crucified, and the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. These women, hopeless, outsider nobodies, the angel has a message for them. 
the angels come to them and say, why do you look for the living among the dead? The greatest line maybe in the whole Bible. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's alive. The Savior, who we talked about at the beginning, he is alive. The Savior lives. This Savior, Jesus, has risen. There is hope in the world. The Savior lives. There's hope for today, hope for forever, because the Savior lives. He brings redemption and life and hope right now in part. Right now it is in part. We don't get it fully yet. But it's the first fruits. The first fruits of the one day. One day when Jesus is going to come and make all things new. A new heaven, a new earth, new bodies, new restored community, new restoration and rejuvenation of community with each other and God and the earth. The Savior lives. This is the hope the angel brings at the end of the story. It matches the beginning. The Savior comes and the Savior lives. This is our Savior and the good news of Christmas. And so, even when we suffer, even when we look around and see brokenness in our world, in our community, in our lives, our own lives, we know that our Savior lives. Our Savior lives and reigns this day. And even when it feels like we're being cut down, our Savior is going to bring life to us. Ben, you guys come up. One, uh, a couple years ago, we went down and cut down a Christmas tree. But we do that on the day after Thanksgiving. It's my family's tradition. The day after Thanksgiving, we go out and cut down a Christmas tree and put it up. And so we went out and did it. And I'm kind of a nut about keeping the water up, like, I'm kind of a little bit over the top, right? but I make sure that water stays in there. So this tree, after about a month of being in our house, this is what it looked like. <clears throat> I'm sure you can see it too well, but on the end there, right in the middle, see those light green things? That's new growth. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> our Christmas tree knew the gospel. <laughs> It knew. I take no credit for this, but it somehow, it knew that the year of the Lord's favor had arrived, that the year of the Lord's favor wasn't back then. It's now. It's ongoing because our Savior lives. The year of the Lord's favor is today. And Jesus, our living Savior, is bringing life out of death, even today. And one day we'll make everything new. And so this tree on December 25th, looked a little bit like this. You know what happened in mid-January when we thought, oh, it's time to probably get rid of that tree. Not a single needle had fallen, and now the growth was this big. We thought, let's see what happens. So we keep going, and I have, I have daughters that say, well, let's, we get to February, let's make it a Valentine's tree. We put, we put hearts all over it, decorate it up. Not a single needle had fallen. That, that new growth was that big. Our tree found life. This is what happens in the year of the Lord's favor. Where it looks like there's brokenness and no hope, Jesus, the living Savior, brings life. In our world, we look at the headlines, the politics, the things going on where there's no hope. Jesus, our living Savior, brings hope and life. In our communities of death and sickness and trouble, Jesus, the living Savior, brings hope. And in our lives, 
We think we're stuck in the bondage of sin to pornography and comparison and the stress of, of finals. I can never do it in these lies I believe about myself. Jesus, our living Savior, brings us hope and frees us from the brokenness because the year of the Lord's favor is now. And that's the truth and the goodness of our living Savior, the gospel, the year of the Lord's favor, and the good news of Christmas. So let us sing with the angels to God together. Let's stand.